Welcome to Hometown Highlights, where we sit down with professionals, business owners, and community members. There are so many unique and incredible stories in the individuals and businesses that surround us every day. Here on Hometown Highlights, we bring attention to these stories and bring them to the spotlight. We also want to thank our sponsors at Hitchings Insurance. We appreciate their support in creating this podcast. Now, let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to Hometown Highlights, where we sit down with professionals, business owners, and community members. There are so many unique and incredible stories in the individuals and businesses that surround us every day. Here on Hometown Highlights, we bring attention to these stories and bring them to the spotlight. We also want to thank our sponsors at Hitchings Insurance. We appreciate their support in creating this podcast. Now, let's jump into the conversation. And welcome to another podcast on Hometown Highlights. I'm your co-host, Dom Fry, the insurance guy, here with my co-host, Ryan Pessel. Ryan, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing real well, Dom. Thanks for asking. Good. Um, excited to have on a, a local guest today, local guest uh, born and raised here in the Hancock County area, and you know, somebody that is an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, and just has a really unique story to be able to share and, you know, very involved with the community. And we are excited to be able to have him on to kind of share, you know, about his passion and where that lies. So let's welcome on our guest. He was born and raised, born and raised in Alveda, Ohio. He was homeschooled and went to the Ohio State University, the Agricultural Technical Institute, where he got a degree in greenhouse and nursery management and specialized in greenhouse engineering technology. Growing up, he was a part of a family of six on a, raised on a farm here in Hancock County, and he was involved with the Hancock County 4-H. He was a member for 11 years as well as a member of the Junior Fair Board for five years as well. Today, he is a member of the Upper Room Church of God here in Finley. He is the owner and operator of Clearview Market, a garden center or farm market here in Hancock County. And he is also a volunteer firefighter for the Van Lu Fire Department. Let's welcome on our guest, Caleb Brees. Caleb, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. Doing really well. Uh, excited to have you on. Thank you for taking your time. To jump on and yeah, just kind of share your story. Not a problem. So let's start it off. Let's just get to know a little bit more about you as an individual, and you know, just for our listeners to be able to get to know know more about you as a guy. So a couple basic questions uh, to get started. First, you know, we live in a technology-driven society today. We're using our phones all the time. You know, are you a team Apple or team Android on your phone? I got to go with Apple. Apple. Are you Apple everything or just the phone? Everything. Nice. So you got the you got the watch. So you, I guess you said you recorded on the the iPad this morning as well. Yep. yep. Cool. Second question: Are you a morning or a night person? I'm a night person. Yeah. Have you always been a night person? <sighs> yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Well, I, in that case, I really appreciate you taking the time this morning then to <laughs> to jump on the show with us. 
And last question for you: What is something that is uh, what is something that most people don't know about you? Hmm. I don't like reading. Don't like don't. Is there any like in particular you don't like reading any kinds of books or anything? <laughs> like I like reading like short material, like interesting material related to like agriculture or something like that. But as far as sitting down and reading a book with chapters, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So you like to read, you know, whatever it makes sense. Read whatever is of your interest. Right, right. Um, you know, but as far as just reading for the hobby, yeah, not so much. No, I mean, I'm the same way. I, I love nonfiction reading. Uh, but when it comes to fiction reading, yeah, just kind of reading for uh, the hobby purpose. I'm like, eh, <laughs> that's not, not my thing. My, not my thing either. Right. So you attended the Ohio State University, correct? I did. I went to ATI in Worcester. Yeah. Ag campus. Yeah, that, that's a that's a that, that's a great place to go. So, I guess with the Ohio State University, are you a Buckeye fan then in the fall? I am. I am. Yeah, I assumed you would be. So go Bucks. Yep. Uh, you're. We're in good presence here, Dom. We've got a we've got a Buckeye. I don't know. Are you a Cleveland Browns fan too? I don't really do much of the NFL. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Dom's a big Browns guy. So hey, we're all Buckeyes here. We're all Buckeyes though. Yeah. There you go. Well, we do have we do have a Michigan State fan on staff, um, but he's from Michigan, so we'll accept it. But yeah, we'll uh, let that slide. We'll let it slide a little bit. So yeah, so you got here. Yeah, sometimes you don't have a choice. Uh, it's okay to have difference of opinion and still be friends, right? <laughs> yep. So you grew up, born and raised in Alveda, Ohio. Um, you're involved in the in the Van Loop Fire Department now, so obviously you're a community man. Let's talk about one of your strengths. You have adaptability. I don't think you really have a choice being an agriculture farmer, farmer to be anything but adaptable, right, with Ohio weather right. the way it is? Right. Exactly. Talk a little bit about that strength and how how that uh, is something that that helps you and what that looks like, you know, for Caleb. I mean, it's been useful my entire life. You know, uh, growing up in the agriculture field, you know, it's you might have one thing planned for the day, but the weather might change and you're doing something else because that's what needs to be done today. So, um, definitely, kind of going with the flow, and then even going into college, you know there's you have your projects that you have to be done and i was involved in doing stuff in the greenhouse through my degree and everything so it was like um definitely balancing and adapting to the different things that need to be done and then now in my business it's uh definitely adaptability is key because um starting out it's kind of the same way with agriculture you don't really know what you're gonna have in store for the day so you just kind of have to go with the flow you might have to water the plants today and do what you were going to do tomorrow or vice versa. And um, definitely adaptability is key. Yeah. So you guys, not only <laughs> with, with you running the Clearview market, you, you have a, your family farms too, like row crop farming, correct? E- yes. So you're growing corn, soybeans, wheat, those type of crops, I assume. Yep. yep. What, um, how long, so you've been farming your whole life, right? Since you were a little boy. Yes. Yes. I mean, I mean, adaptability in, in agricultural farming is like an everyday thing for you, right? Because right. you you look at the weather in the morning, uh, you know, you're you're 
you know, you, you're putting corn in the ground and they say no rain, but all of a sudden then it rains on you. Or, you know, with what we've been dealing with the last couple of weeks, we've got these cold temperatures and you may have seed in the ground, but, you know, is it, you know, is it going to sprout or is it going to come up and then freeze? So it's like you have to like ebb and flow. Like you have these really high emotional times. It's like a roller coaster in the spring and in the fall of getting, you know, stuff into the ground, getting it out of the ground. And then when the harvest comes and you're kind of at the mercy of the weather. So you, I mean, you guys are adapting all the time. Right. Um, I, I don't think there's any other way to put it than a farmer is about as adaptable as it can be because you're literally betting on the weather. Exactly. Crazy to think about, but I, you know, some of my friends are, are ag farmers, family members, so forth. And they're always looking at the weather. It's always, it's always being talked about because it's their livelihood that they're dependent on. So that's neat. Let's talk about your weakness too. Organization is what you've got written down here. So where uh, do you struggle? What do you struggle with, and, and how do it? How do you improve that? I I'm a little bit better than I used to be, but um, it's taken some time. I'm not one to take notes, so I kind of just make mental notes, and sometimes I miss the mental notes. <laughs> uh, so definitely organization. So it's tribal. It's it's in right. it's inside you, but right. It's like, well, I'll remember that. But sometimes I don't. <laughs> but uh, no, it's definitely one of my weaknesses because being a business owner, organization is definitely a key thing that you have to have. So definitely working on that and keeping notes and keeping track of receipts and bills and what's coming this day and where it needs to go out that day and mm-hmm. so. Definitely, yeah. definitely learning, but I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a fellow business owner, you're going to learn, and you are learning. It sounds like that organization is key, and if you can't do it, it yourself, is. you'll have to you'll have to hire a consultant or the people to surround yourself with that can help you. You you, you won't right. have a choice, and I think you've probably learned that already. That yep, there there's a certain amount of stuff that is tribal. It's always going to be tribal. You're always going to have it in your head, but at some you know at some point you got to put some of that stuff on paper. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you're learning and that's good at, you know, as a young business, how old are you, Caleb? I'm 21. Yeah. I mean, you're 21. <laughs> that's you're, you're way ahead of your competition and starting your own business. I mean, you're an entrepreneur already. Most 21 year olds don't have a business. Let's just face it. Uh, right. it, it takes, you know, it takes finances, it takes will, it takes guts. So the organization can come and will come. And, you know, and you, and you learn a lot with age too. So, I mean, you're just, you're just a young pup, man, 21 years old. That's, that's impressive that you've got a business already. Yeah. So hobbies, looks like you like anything outdoors, fishing, disc golf, do you hunt? What else, what do you, what do you, what really like, what do you like to do in your free time? I just like doing anything outdoors. Like I said, you know, going fishing in the summer and just got into doing playing disc golf last year, my brother-in-law and few of us go and play the parks and stuff and nice. i've really come to enjoy that it's a what kind of a hidden exercise <laughs> it is it is so are you you're participating at the hancock parks here locally yep 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 yeah they've got a nice course they got a few nice courses so are you out at riverbend then they've got a nice course out there right yeah we go to riverbend often yep yeah they do a nice job with it i've not played it i i should uh i support the parks anytime i can 
Uh, it, that's an interesting hobby. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. So, as far as the fishing goes, what's your favorite body of water? So, I don't really go out in big bodies of water fish. Usually, we just go down to Riverbend and fish in the little pond there back behind yep. the lodge. You can catch some pretty decent fish back there. Can you? What are you fishing for, bass, or they got crappie in there? What, what do they have? Oh, we fish pretty much anything. <laughs> anything really? Catfish? <laughs> yeah. That's neat. What's the biggest fish you've caught out of there? Oh, maybe five inch. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just enjoy the peace of quiet and just being able to go out and fish and relax, right? I know, yep, right? Yep. That's why you do it. That's why you do it. That's why you do it. <laughs> Let's um I really want to tell the story and kind of paint the picture of, you know, Clearview Market and what this has looked like for you, Caleb, really from you know the beginning to where you are today and hopefully, you know, even going into what the next step looks like for your business. You know, I mean, as you mentioned, 21 years old, so uh, pretty remarkable and awesome that you've been able to start this business already. Where did this um, you know, you mentioned in college being involved with the greenhouse, you know, with classes and your degree and such but when did this idea come uh that you were thinking of starting your own greenhouse where did this come from and you know yeah how did those pieces come together yeah so going into college uh, i really wanted to get into doing hydroponics so i knew that i kind of wanted to do my own business starting out when i went to college but um like i said i was interested in doing the hydroponics and it wasn't until my second year at ATI that um, I really started to look into the option of doing a garden center. And then um, once I graduated, I put up a small hoop house. And for the summer of 2019, I grew uh, vegetables inside the greenhouse. And I went to local farmers markets. I went to uh, Finley Farmers Market and Toledo Farmers Markets and sold the produce in um, one thing I realized quick is it takes a lot of produce to make money. <laughs> so um, after that summer, uh, I decided I want to kind of get into more of the flowers and the garden center type thing. Uh, so on the property where my greenhouse is on the corner is a one room schoolhouse. So <clears throat> in the fall of 2019, I opened up there and sold mums. So that was kind of my first start at the whole garden center type feel. Um, and then I opened it back up in the spring of 2020 and sold flowers out of there. Um, I grew some of them in the greenhouse that I had. And I got some in from some local places. Um, and that's kind of how I got my start in the garden center. And then last year, um, over the summer and the fall, I put up um, our new greenhouse. And that's where we are now um, doing straight garden center i grew 95 percent of the plants that were selling i grew myself um so it's definitely kind of grown a lot since 2019 to look back um but definitely trial and error um of looking at what works best for this area you know you can go up to toledo area and everybody's growing produce and it's going really well so you would think well man that should work for our area but um it doesn't always work that way so you just kind of have to find the best option for you and what works in the area yeah you know that's awesome you, you know you mentioned uh so pretty much from the get-go you knew you know you had this entrepreneurial drive and you wanted to start your own business it was just a matter of you know kind of what avenue that you wanted to go down um 
You know, so I mean, fall of 2019, yeah. So this really has been less than two years that you, you know, this entire process uh, that's been taking place for you. And like you said, just trial and error, figuring out. Um, you know, I'm sure you have learned a lot in two years. But I'm I sure you're also, you know, excited for, you know, what the next two years looks like and how you can potentially, um, you know, grow and change and, uh, you know, so the last year in particular then, you know, you said the last spring is when you got started in the flowers. You know, take me through what the last year looked like trying to plan for this year to, you know, open up, um, you know, just to expand the business and to do the produce, you know, and you said that you're growing 95% of it as well as with the flowers. Right. Uh, so after last year, um, I definitely sat down and looked and looked back at numbers of, you know, what did I sell and how, who was my clientele and how many people did I run through? And that was kind of how I, um, gauged what I was going to grow this year. Um, and it's definitely kind of a leap of faith because, um, you're expecting to grow your clientele, but you kind of have to, you have to start growing the plants before you know that you're going to grow your clientele. So it's kind of a, um, like I said, a leap of faith to be able to Hmm. judge that. And so basically, um, I ordered all of my spring crop, um, all of my plugs, I ordered those in December of last year. So it was definitely well ahead of what I even had grasped this year. It was going to be, especially with the weather and timing and when things were going to be ready. Um, so basically I almost filled the greenhouse that I built this past year. Um, and basically it's just kind of a, see what the numbers look like after this season. Um, the way it's looking right now, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. So, um, but definitely it's just looking back on numbers and expecting what a natural growth of a business is. Um, and it's just kind of a trial and error. Yeah, that is, um, I think that perfectly says it, you know, like you said, a, a leap of faith, you know, because where you're at in the business that you're taking this big step, you know, you build a greenhouse, but you don't, don't really know exactly what it's going to look like, um, you know, and I mean, obviously that's something Ryan can relate to as well, being a business owner and just sometimes having to take that leap of faith and, you know, I, not knowing exactly how this is going to plan out, but this is the vision that you have. And ultimately, you know, at the end of this year, you know, is when you are going to be able to look back um, at the numbers of what, you know, the 2021 season has looked like and then be able to base those decisions then for 2022 and moving forward from here. Right. So right now, you know, as far as what you actively have now and what you are selling, I guess maybe can you take us through some, what are uh, some of the most popular produce and flowers that you're selling now? Um, or, you know, I mean, are you selling any kind of produce or a little bit more uh, you know, <clears throat> maybe detail as far as what you are selling, Caleb? Right. So currently, uh, we're selling potted flowers and vegetable flats. Um, so we've definitely seen a spike in the past couple weeks of people itching to get their flowers. Um, but the vegetables are definitely starting to pick up as the weather breaks. But um, we have about uh, 15 different types of vegetables. And then we have about 10 or 15 different kinds of flowers that we grow. Um, we grow all of our flowers in four and a half inch pots. Um, we found that that's the optimal way to 
give somebody the best quality flower and it's going to take up more space because it's going to be a bigger flower. Um, and that's how we can optimize our space um, in the greenhouse. And then um, it's about half and half on one side of the greenhouse is vegetables and one side is flowers. And then we also grow hanging baskets, um, which are up above. Um, but right now it's just flowers, vegetable plants, and hanging baskets is about what we sell right now. We have some trees and stuff that we sell um, along with that, but really focusing on flowers and vegetable plants. Nice. So, so you keep saying we. Who is, you know, obviously you are the owner, the <laughs> operator of Clearview Market, but who is we, you know, who is helping you along in this journey? Right. So I am the sole owner-operator of Clearview Market, um, but my family... My girlfriend definitely helped me out a lot. Um, kind of that bribe labor, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, they uh, they definitely helped me out a lot. I can do without them. Uh, but I say we because um, even though it's just me, it kind of still is a family thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's no way, you know, you can run the business alone. Um, you know, obviously you have to have help that, <laughs> that bribe the labor, to, right. <laughs> you know, helps having around, but no, I was just curious, you know, yep. who was that we, that is yeah. kind of helping you out with this. So, you know, we've talked about a little bit about the past and how you got started with it, you know, your present, what you are currently selling now, you know, where, I mean, you know, this is, again, like I mentioned earlier, you've been in this for less than two years and how much has grown, you know, potentially, um, you know, back in fall of 2019, if you would have seen or had any idea where you'd be at today. But as of now, like, what are your goals for the business or where do you see the business potentially at in another two years or even five years down the road? Like, where do you see, what's the goal for Clearview Market? Gotcha. Um, yeah, I definitely see um, an expansion in the greenhouses themselves. Um, the garden center is definitely, um, I think I've, found what the people in this area want um so having the garden center is definitely um what's going to be best for me and my business so definitely expanding the garden center um along with the spring garden center in the fall we sell mums and pumpkins um so last year i grew all the pumpkins that i sold and i grew all the mums so definitely expanding the fall market and growing more mums and growing more pumpkins um so we kind of have two um big seasons for people to come and get stuff um, so that way it's not just a spring thing and then you're gone until next year you know we definitely want to open up in the spring and pretty much be open all the way through um all the way through the fall at least um just that way people can come and get something anytime that's awesome yeah you know trying to keep like you just said trying to keep that customer year round um and have something for them to be able to come get and rather than just that seasonal um, no, that's awesome. Just thinking of how you can expand the business. I'm sure it's exciting, you know, for you and for your family, your girlfriend, those that are involved as well. Just, uh, just a dream, you know, being in the right. early stages of starting this new business and it's fun just to dream. And then it's, um, you know, it has its challenges, but then it can be exciting to put those dreams on paper and then, to, you know, the numbers and plan it out. And like you said, just trying to learn year after year after year, um, you know, what's working and what's not working. Right. Caleb, you said you started in a hoop house. I did. How many square foot was that? That was about thirteen hundred square feet. What are you where are you at square foot now with your greenhouses and everything you got going on property? Uh, about 
5,000 square feet total. Yeah, of all plants and hanging basket. Yeah, if you yep. anybody listening, uh, go to his Facebook page, Clearview Market. You can see a lot of the pictures of the hanging baskets and uh, the veggie plants that he's selling. It's, it's, some of these baskets are absolutely gorgeous. Um, you had made a post here, it looks like, just a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, looks, you know, looks really, really nice, and you've done a nice job with what you're putting out there already. What type of – you're doing, like, tomatoes. What what other vegetables are you doing? Uh, your basic tomatoes, peppers. Um, then we do your cabbage. Uh, we have Brussels sprouts. Um, nice. We got into doing call rabbi this year, which is kind of something new for people, but we had people ask for that quite a bit last year. So, What, what exactly is that? I've not heard of it. Uh, it's kind of like a radishy cabbage, I think. It's almost like a cabbage that grows underground is the okay. best way that I can put it. Okay. Um, I've never tried one, so I'm excited to plant one and see kind of how it turns out. But um, kind of offering those uh, little niche things that you can't really find other places. So like the call rabbi, we also have ground cherries, which are tomatillos. Um, yep. A lot of people don't. Awesome. A lot yeah. of people don't know what those are. They're awesome, <clears throat> right? Those are actually considered a fruit, aren't they? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I think they are. They're awesome. Yeah, very neat. What um, overall? What is the biggest challenge you face in your business? I would say at this stage in the business, it's finding um, a balance between what people want and how much are people going to buy. You know, how much is your supply supposed to be? And I've already found that out this year. Um, there's certain things that I grew this year that. Um, I'm definitely going to grow less of next year. Um, but on the other hand, uh, there's some things that I've grown this year that I'm already out of um, I because uh, just with the size of the business right now and the size of the greenhouse, this was the max that I could grow. Um, but definitely looking into the future, um, I've definitely got a better idea of what ex- exactly do people want in a garden center. Um, so that I would say that has been the biggest challenge this year. Um, come leading up to spring was, you know, what do people want and how much of it do they want? Interesting. And then what, what's the biggest reward you have of running your own business and running the greenhouse? It's definitely giving people the small town feel, you know, we're not, uh, not a big box store. Um, you can Mm -hmm. walk in and you know where your product came from, especially on the vegetable side. Um, you can walk in, you know, that the produce that you're going to grow, um, was started right here locally. So that's definitely rewarding for me just to give people the local feel, um, the small business feel. Yeah, I mean, you know when when money is spent at your market, it's going to stay in Hancock County, right? I mean, you're going to buy a house in Hancock County. You're going to farm in Hancock. You're going to buy groceries in Hancock County. You know, when you buy at a box store, you know, more than likely, you know, yeah, there's people that have local jobs and so forth. But corporately, that money is not staying in Hancock County. So. Yeah, that that's that that's really neat. And then, I guess in your show, you've only been in business, you know, two years, so you're just getting started. What what do you have any any big regrets that you have since you started? I don't necessarily have any regrets. Um, definitely, or things that you would change. Learning, maybe definitely learning. Um, I guess one thing would be uh, like last year. I grew a lot of produce last year um, because, like I had mentioned before, you know, you look at some other areas and they grow a lot of produce and you think that's what you can make that work. Um, but I definitely learned that that's not exactly 
what people are truly looking for. And at the stage of my business, that's not exactly what um, my focus should be. So I wouldn't say that that was a regret, but it was definitely something that I learned from um, to take into future years. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's only one way to, to figure this stuff out, right? It's to, right. to jump in and try. There, there's no other way around it. Exactly. You can do all the case studies you want, but until you open on County Road 7 in Alveda, you you don't know exactly what's going to happen, you know? So, right. so you, you have to take that leap of faith and I commend you for doing so. So we've talked about the greenhouse. Let's talk about where you volunteer your time. So you do, you're the first person we've had on that is a volunteer firefighter. I want to talk about how important this is. Um, you know, some people listening may not really understand what a volunteer fire department is and what, what it takes. I want you to kind of jump in. Obviously you're young, you're 21 years old. How, how do you become a firefighter for a volunteer department and what does that look like? Right. Uh, so basically coming out of college, I knew that, um, I definitely wanted to get more involved in the community. Um, I'd always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to be a firefighter. Um, so, uh, in the summer of 2019, um, I just went up and talked to somebody on the fire department. I said, Hey, I'm looking to join. They said, well, come to a meeting. So I showed up and, um, once I was put on, you're put on as kind of a probationary, um, firefighter. So you can do some things, but you're still limited. Um, and then I had to be state certified as a volunteer firefighter. So I had to go through a class, um, and pass a test. Um, so, um, I finished that in March of 2020. Um, so I'm a full, fully certified, uh, this year, but, uh, it's definitely rewarding because, um, being a volunteer firefighter and being local, you know, there's calls that you have that you're going to somebody, you know, and mm-hmm. it's definitely rewarding to know that you're able to be there and help them and give them what they need in a time that is not great for them. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that you're volunteering, you know, I don't know if you've saved anybody's lives yet, but you will. At some point, you'll save somebody's life because their house is burning. You're going to get them out of there or you're going to get the fire stopped. So I, I just want to thank you, A, for your service because, you know, we're involved with the fire departments here. Usually it's on the back end with insurance. I'm, I'm on location when these things are still burning most of the time. And, and it's, right. it's scary. I mean, those things are burning hot, you know, and flat out they can kill somebody. Right. You know, so it's, you know, I, I deal with the volunteer departments all over the county, all over Northwest Ohio. Uh, it's not easy work. You know, I've been on calls where it's 95 degrees out. You're all geared up and literally you're drinking bottle after bottle after bottle of water just to stay hydrated so you don't pass out. You know, right. so, right. Uh, you know, I've seen it, um, you know, I've seen some devastating things and I'm sure you have too in just your short career. Like how many calls have you been on now, would you say? Uh Last year, I ran a hundred calls. Wow! So I would say close to one hundred and fifty calls so far. Yeah. Now again, we say firefighter, but you're probably going to other things too, right? Yeah, we respond to medical calls, car accidents, fires, um, basically anything that happens in our jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Um, being outside um, a little bit further out because our ambulance service is Hanco, mm-hmm. so all of our medical calls um, in our area were most likely the first ones there, um, for initial medical care. Wow. So how, how big of an area are you? I mean, you guys have, a you respond outside of your jurisdiction as, as well. I assume, right. You're called 
amongst the county if you've got a big thing going, right? Right, right. Our jurisdiction, um, uh, we cover parts of Big Lake Township, Amanda Township. We cover the uh, town of Van Lue. Um, we cover some in Jackson Township. We need to go over and cover a little bit in Wyandotte County, um, okay. part of the township there. And then we cover part of Marion Township. So we cover basically from Van Lue all the way into Findlay um, on the south side of 568. So definitely a big area. Yeah, definitely. What's been the most rewarding thing that's happened to you on the volunteer fire department to date? Like I said before, it's just being able to be there for somebody, you know, um, definitely build a lot of relations with uh, the other firefighters and um, knowing that when the call comes across that you're going to be able to make a difference. Um, that's definitely rewarding. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any higher degree of volunteering as, you know, to do what you're doing. You're putting your life at risk, honestly. Um, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for doing that. The community needs it. Uh, you know, not, not everyone's willing to volunteer to be a firefighter and, and to, you know, to make those calls on your own time, you're not being paid to do it. Uh, you have very little benefits, if any. Um, right. <laughs> so you're, you're doing it, you know, strictly for the community. So I, I do want to do want to thank you sincerely. And it, it, every fire, you know, any fireman, police, volunteers, any of those type of people, I just, you know, want to give thanks to. That's, you know, the community needs every one of them. So. Right, right. Let's talk about something else, 4-H. I mean, I was a, I was a 4-H kid. I did uh, dairy back in, in my it. day. So I do have – I understand what it takes to be in 4-H and what those projects and responsibility they they provide for young people, uh, young ag community – you know, the young ag community specifically. What 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 did 4-H teach you? What what was some of your favorite things through there? Let, let's, let's work through that a little bit. Yeah. So I primarily showed cattle at the fair. So I took cattle projects through 4-H and I took a lot of other, uh, just miscellaneous projects through 4-H. Um, a lot of STEM projects, mm-hmm. uh, leadership projects. Um, I was on, I was in the junior leadership club. Um, so definitely learned a lot of life skills there. Um, as far as, especially looking forward as to owning your own business. Um, definitely a lot of what I'm doing today stems back to 4-H. Um, even getting, into this industry um i took a horticulture project in 4-h in high school and that's where i kind of really found greenhouses and decided that's what i wanted to do so definitely 4-h has impacted me significantly because without it i'm not sure i would be doing this today yeah i mean i think it's a direct i mean obviously if you're doing a horticulture project in 4-h and now you're running a greenhouse clearly that did something that planted a seed of nothing else, you know, no pun intended, but that's right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's really neat to look back at, as a business owner, that 4-H and when you're in 4-H and you're taking these animals, I mean, the animals, it's a lot of work. I mean, you're daily that, you know, they need water, they need feed, they need groom, they need, you know, you got to clean out the stalls, their pens, the, the barns, you got to make sure if, if they're in a pasture that the fences mended and and there's no holes in it all sorts of stuff Uh, you got to make sure that they're you know that they're getting the the medicine they need if there's any kind of issues Uh, it it, it takes a lot so you kind of have each year you kind of are running a mini business right right that's you know you but you go you you purchase the animal you grow the animal and then you sell the animal and it's kind of full circle so it is like a mini business project really it is is. um it's teaching you responsibility Uh, there's there's so much 
you can get out of it. So what, what chapter were you in in the county? Um, I was in the His Kids 4-H Club. Okay. I was a big lick Buckeye with Al, with Al Price. You probably know Al. He's over yep, in your, yep, over in your neck of the I woods. Do. So, yeah, Al and Terry, they were they were my advisors. So um, who, who are your advisors then? Um, Laura Brees, Rosie yep. Campbell, and Julie Horton. Oh, man, those that's awesome. My, those are my advisors. Taking me back a lot of years. It was uh, That was a fun time in life. You know, I, I, you know, those summer nights when you have those meetings and you get everybody together and, uh, you know, you're doing your projects and your paperwork and everything. It's, uh, that's cool. It's, I, I have a smile and you can't see me, but, uh, yeah. it, it's just a, a neat project. It is. So the last piece I want to touch on here, uh, junior fair board, mm-hmm. you know, you, you were heavily involved with the Hancock Ag Society, the fair, Everything that they do for the community, I mean, what a, what an event. I mean, it's like the it's like the end of summer event. It's, you know, five, six days. Everybody gets together. Hundreds of thousands of people have attended the Hancock County Fair. They've done a nice job out there. All the leadership, the board. You know, I can't say enough nice things about what they do for the community and, and what they do for the ag community specifically. Talk about the Junior Fair Board and what that looks like. What I You know, I wasn't on the Junior Fair Board, so I can't speak to it, but what what – what is that? What did you do, uh, essentially? So we met once a month um, up until about summer. We met once a month, and basically we planned um, the junior fair side of things. Um, so the theme that you had every year um, that mm-hmm. was decided on by the junior fair board, uh, they voted on that. Uh, and then once it came leading up to the fair, uh, we were on the grounds doing office work um, on the junior fair side of things getting sponsors for trophies and getting ribbons lined up. Um, and then during the fair, it was, uh, the junior fair board that was running the junior fair shows. Um, so the wow. kids that you see announcing the shows and taking notes of placings, um, and then just being there to help the show, that's the junior fair board. Oh, it is. Um, okay. Awesome. So basically every, every junior fair show at the fair, um, was, um, helped run by the junior fair board. How uh, how many members is on the board each year? Do you know roughly? It runs about thirty. Wow, that's cool. you know it's not a ton, but it, it you know it's a good solid number. So you have right. a, you have a ton of responsibility because that is that's a big event. You know, if anybody's ever put on an event an event of any size, you know it's a lot of work. Right. You know, I used to put on a, go- a charity golf outing. I mean, it was it took a an entire year to plan a one day event. You guys are doing it, you know, a five six day event, and you've got countless shows you've got all different types of animals i mean there's there's a lot going on there so what what other was there anything else you guys were tasked with uh we were kind of there to help the senior fair board too like um, set up and if, so forth if they the needed a, yeah for setup and moving stuff around even during the fair you know we need tables and chairs at such and such of an event you know that mm-hmm. was kind of what we were there for just kind of whatever it whatever it took, you got it done, right? Right. All right, Caleb, with the greenhouse, how do people find you? You can find us on Facebook, Clearview Market. Um, we are at the intersection of County Road 7 and County Road 330 um, in Findlay. Uh, you can find us off of 568 or off of 224. Uh, we have some signs at both of those roads um, with Garden Center pointing with an arrow towards our direction. So just follow the signs and you'll find us. Okay. What, our address what's, is on Facebook. Yeah. What, what is that address, Caleb? The address is 20949 County Road 7, 
Finley, Ohio. Very nice. And then what are what are your your hours of operation, your days of operation? So during the spring, we're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Very nice. So plenty of time for people to come check you out. Absolutely. Awesome. Great to hear. Man, so what you're doing, I, you know, what you're doing for the community, uh, what you're doing for your business, I wish you nothing but success. Uh, you know, it's a really cool thing to see a 21-year-old operate a business. I, you know, I hope you have great success and you grow that business to whatever you want it to be. Um, you know, you're farming. I hope you have great success. So thanks for what you're doing on the volunteer fire department. Uh, you're involved with the church. You're involved with the fair. Um, last question. Are you red or green? I'm all red. Are you? You're a red guy. I like I'm a red it. Red guy. All right. Nothing wrong with that at all. I always got to check when I when I'm talking to a farmer what what side they're on. Yeah. Once yep. once in a while you'll hear an orange in there even. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we've got some blue in the neighborhood down by your way. So there's some yep. New Holland and some Ford guys around. So. Right. No, very interesting. Uh, but yeah, Caleb, uh, nice job with what you're doing, and um, Thank I'm you. glad we glad we got to have you on and interview you and talk about your business. And we'll uh, we'll make sure we get this out so people can hear your story and and, and come check you out. All right, I appreciate it. This has been the Hometown Highlights Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. For similar interviews, you can subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again to our sponsors at Hitchings Insurance. Thanks for your time, and we look forward to the next show. This has been the Hometown Highlights Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. For similar interviews, you can subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again to our sponsors at Hitchings Insurance. Thanks for your time, and we look forward to the next show.